Welcome to the Underground Podcast, the student ministry of Riverside Community Church. We are happy to have you listening in this week. So, I'm excited to be up here for the first time. These lights are bright, but I'm excited to be up here. And Michael didn't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I love him and he's in my top 100,000 friends. And uh, I just want to say thank you to Michael because he's given me the opportunity to come up here and share my heart. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I told him I was going to do that, and he's like, nope, I don't want you to do that, don't, don't do that. I'm like, nope, you're in it, so get over it, but anyway, so Michael kind of says, but how many of you guys are liking this vampire series that we're doing? I mean, I think the title is pretty good, vampires, people who suck the life out of you, I mean, we got to keep it appropriate, right? But I'm liking this, Michael has doing, been doing a great job of um, just coming up with different topics to talk about and just breaking them down for us, and I think... This, talk, this series has been really helpful for me personally, and so tonight, to end it off, I feel like I get a good privilege to end it, um, but to end it, we're going to be talking about something that I think is kind of what we all deal with, no matter how old or how young we are, um, and so we're going to be talking about toxic people, and we're going to be talking about, so like the title I would call this is Dealing with Toxic People, and so I think this is pretty big because in this world, day and age now, I think we have a lot of people who are kind of like negative in this world, if you would say, or a lot of people who like to say negative things about the world, and toxic people, they're everywhere. They're all over the place, they're in schools, and most of you guys are still in high school, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, so most of you are still in high school. I think high school in general is one of the places where, like, people thrive in getting rude. Would you agree with that? Yeah, see? Yeah. Michael is one of them, I can tell. But high school, I would say, is pretty, pretty intense. I mean, a lot of people... Are depressed in high school, which I think is sad. I think bullying is a big issue in high school. But um, once for me, I was when I was in Arizona. Because oh, by the way, I lived in Arizona for a couple of years. Yeah. I talk about it a lot. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so I lived in Arizona for a couple of years. I went to high school there, and like I got into a bad crowd with some people there, and so I kind of was in the toxic group almost. I kind of, as you can say, I maybe bullied some people, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, but then. So, like, dealing with all that, like, you know, like, just toxic people are everywhere, and they're in the schools. And so, my first point I would like to say is, like, and I think this is really cool, and I'm going to talk about this and come back to it throughout my whole uh, message, is we need to deal with toxic people, but we can't let it affect us. Because I think, Michael has talked about this a couple times, like, we need to deal with people in our lives that maybe are negative, that maybe are the best for us, maybe people that tempt us, or maybe people that are just negative towards us or talk about us behind their backs. And one thing, actually, Michael said that I really liked, and I'm going to be referring to Michael a lot, sadly, but um, one thing he said is you can't invite your non-Christian friends if you don't have any non-Christian friends. And I, when he said that, I thought about that, and I was like, that's so true, because we look at today's, like, Christian world, I guess you could say, and we think, like, people in, like, the church, they want us to get rid of our Christian friends, or our non-Christian friends, right? Like, they want us to push those people aside and then focus on Jesus, focus on Christians, which we should do. But I think we need to focus more on the people who aren't Christians. We need to focus on the people who are non-believers, the people who don't really know who Jesus is. And so I think a big thing that we need to do, and I'm actually wearing Love Peoria tonight because all of them are sharing. Yeah? I think what they talked about last night, I don't know if any of you were there, but Bob Goff, he has a book called Love Does, and he talks all about like love and I think it just really inspired me last night that we just need to show love to people. I think in this world that we don't have a lot of love. I think we're all negative to people. We're all negative about different things. There's so many negative topics, and we don't see positive topics. And one of the people I talked last 
said, like, you don't see good news anymore. All you see is the negative stuff that's happening. So we, I think we just need to show them love and show people love. Not just non-believers, but Christians too. Like, we just need to show people love. And so I think another big thing is, you know, another thing that's hard in this world, I believe, is showing people love who don't deserve it. I think that's hard. Would you agree? That showing people who are maybe rude, disrespectful, negative, it's kind of hard to show those people love, Gracie agrees. But I just think showing those people love is the hardest thing you can probably do. But I think that's the most important thing you can do, is show people love who don't deserve it. And again, we'll use Michael as an example, because he gave a cool story that I really liked, that one of his um, friends, like somebody wrote, I don't really know the details of the story, but he had a councilman, because he's on a city council, that wrote him a nasty message. And then the, the thing that Michael did in return is showed that guy love. And I think that is important because to show people love, even if they disrespect you or if they even disrespect who you are as a person or talk crap about you on Facebook, social media, behind your back in general, I think it's important then to return the favor and show them love. Because then that's something they won't expect. That's something that they won't return to be like surprised by and almost taken back by. So we need to show love to people who don't deserve it. So there's one scripture I want to read from, and it's in Proverbs 1, 18, 19. So if you have a Bible or your phone or whatever you want to use, don't know me. But we're going to be reading from Proverbs 1, 8 through 19. I think this is like the Messman's version, so if you have a phone, you can switch to that. You guys ready? No? Okay, well, I'll just start. So it says this. Dear friend, if bad companies tempt you, don't go along with them. If they say, let's go out and raise some hell, let's... Let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman. Let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's sharing, share life. Oh, friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything that they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank, and nobody robs a bank, and everyone watching. Yet that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in. When you grab all you can get, well, that's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. I really like this description. I think it fits really well with talking about um, toxic people because the whole first half of this message is basically just talking about people who are going to probably come into your life and who are going to try to tempt you with different things. I mean, it starts basically just starts off, let's go out and raise some hell. So basically just referring to, let's go out and do some things that we probably shouldn't do. Let's go do some things that God would tell us not to do and things Satan would tell us to do. And so the first half just describes these groups of people that will maybe come into your life at school, work, wherever you go, the grocery store, anywhere, and try to get you to go places you wouldn't go or do things you wouldn't do and tempt you. But then I think the most important thing about this scripture is the second half. The second half tells us to not listen to them, to not do what they're telling us to do, to not follow what they're trying to tell us to do. And I think that's the key part that we need to remember is to not fall into temptation, to not fall into what these people are having us do. And I know in school that can be hard, but I think what's key is Satan is going to do or use whatever he can to get you away from God. He's going to use whoever in your life. It could be your best friend. It could be your parents. It could be anybody in your life that he's going to try to get you away from God. It was actually interesting. A couple days ago, so this has been a little bit of a rough week for me personally. And so a couple days ago on Monday, uh, uh, Michael had called me because he knew something was wrong and that's why he's my best friend. But he called me and uh, I was just going through some stuff and I actually asked him, I was like, hey, can you speak on Wednesday night because there's no way I think I can write a message. There's no way that I can prepare myself to do it. It's just been a rough couple of days, a rough week. 
And that was Satan trying to pull me away from God. Because I believe a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, almost now, God has called me to be on a platform like this. He's called me to speak in front of people and to be a communicator. And that's where I believe that I'm meant to be. And so God, or Satan, was trying to pull me away from what God had for me tonight. And the word that I think that he brought for you guys to hear. But the, the thing that I love about Michael is the one thing he said to me, he's like, no, I'm not going to speak, you're going to speak. And so he had me speak tonight, and I'm up here, obviously, but... Satan uses your situation, Satan uses people in your life to get you away from God, but God also uses people in your life to keep you with him. And so it's important to disciple who is good. And I, I want to touch on the last scripture of this, or the last sentence of this scripture, and it says, the more you get, the less you are. And I like this because I think in this world too, we always look at material things, like we want the next best thing, and I can, I can, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like I can be a... Whatever, I like, I love new things, and so like, I have a new iPhone, obviously, because I love phones, and so like, I love material things too, but something Michael Rachel always say, and I like it, and I think I found this, this is myself, is um, they like experiences over things, and I think I'm like that too. And so I want to take like a little test here. So I want you guys to think like five to seven years ago in your life. I don't know how old you'd be, I, I think I'd be like 14, 13 or something, which, 35, you'd be 35. It's old. Okay, but I want you to think like five to seven years ago in your life and think of something like a gift you got for birthday, Christmas, whatever it is. Think of something that you might have received five to seven years ago. And I want you to raise your hand if you still have that. Couple people, couple people, okay, so a couple people still have it, so that's good. Okay, but now I want you to think five to seven years ago to an experience you had. Someplace you went, an event you attended, a vacation you went on, a Christmas, family vacation, whatever. And if I, want, if I want you to raise your hand if you remember that. Majority of all your hands should be up because you will remember an experience over something you got that was physical. And so God doesn't, I like this, God doesn't want us to have material things. He wants us to have eternal things. He wants to have, have things that will last forever. And I think the one thing that will last forever is Jesus. I think the one thing that will last for eternity is Jesus. You know, you can think about different items that you got, that won't last. This phone won't last. I'll get a new one probably next year, to be honest. But, like, they won't last. Whatever you have in your life, a TV, whatever, electronics, books, they won't last. But the one thing that has lasted is maybe even your Bible, the Word of God, Jesus himself. The story of Jesus has never changed. That's the one thing that will last. And I think the story of Jesus is amazing because... If you read, like, this, all the stories of Jesus, so uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels of Jesus, and you look back at all those different times that Jesus walked on earth, and the stories that he did were amazing. And so there's one story that I specifically want to touch on, and it's the story of Zacchaeus. How many of you have heard that story? Okay. How many of you have heard the song to that story? Does anybody know it and want to sing it? Because I don't know. Like, Zacchaeus was, like, a wee little Gracie, you know? It? Was it, I know. I did, this, I did this kind of message, like, in... Oh my gosh, you guys know more than the junior high kids do. Christians wouldn't hang out with, 
And so I just want to briefly touch on the story of Zacchaeus. And so obviously the song starts off, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And so Zacchaeus was a short guy, and he wanted to see Jesus desperately. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He heard of him, and so he wanted to see Jesus. So Jesus was walking through Jericho, and he was coming through. He had crowds around him because he was so popular. But so Zacchaeus then what? Ran ahead of Jesus, and he climbed a sycamore tree. Okay, he climbed up this tree, and Jesus is walking, and then he sees Zacchaeus, tells him, I don't know, is the part of the song that says, you come down. And so yeah, Jesus tells him to come down, and then Zacchaeus and Jesus, they go to Zacchaeus' house, and that's where Jesus stays for the night. And I think that part right there is the kicker, and that's the good part, because Zacchaeus, or Jesus went and stayed with a man who was a sinner, if you would say. He's a tax collector. Back in those days, those were the people who would steal your money. I mean, it's like somebody coming up to you, pushing you down, taking your wallet and running away. That's kind of what they did. They would steal your money. And so Jesus went and stayed with this person. And there's one scripture. It's in Luke 17, that's, or Luke 19, 7. That's where the story takes place. And it says this. And it's kind of the end of the story. But these are the people talking. And it says, he has gone into be with the guests of a man who is a sinner. And these were the people that are around Jesus and they're complaining that Jesus would hang out with somebody who wasn't a believer and somebody who was a sinner then hang out with maybe his disciples or people who were Christians. And I don't get why they would be mad at that because I think we need to hang out with people like that. I think we need to be around people who do things like that, that who maybe steal or, or uh, cuss or maybe people are negative all the time or people who do things that we wouldn't necessarily do or tempt us into situations we wouldn't be in. But the one discovery I want to have is like I said before, dealing, we need to deal with toxic people but not let it affect us. I think the one thing we need to know, though, is if it is affecting you, you need to get out. You need to get out of that situation because then you're falling away from Jesus and that's where Satan's going to get you. And so if you fall into temptation with those people and you fall into sin with those people, that's where you need to get out. But if you can learn to, to teach yourself to deal with that situation but then to not let it affect you, that's where the real key is. So, funny story, I work at Ivy. It's a delivery driver. Yeah. Oh, it's a great store. But I make me money, so it's all right. Sounds good. But uh, I work at Ivy, and man, just working, being on like a, I don't know, missionaries thing, you can say for a whole year, and then coming back around, I would say non-believers or whatever, but there's a lot of people at Ivy who cuts. There's like, there's a lot of people. I mean, Derek works there. He would, you can attest to that. But there's just a lot of people who cuss at Ivy. And so I actually used to cuss a lot when I was in Arizona. Like, I would do it to be funny. I, when I was hanging out with my friends, I would cuss. But I want to talk about this is one lady that I worked with in my department. And she, she's like maybe in her high 40s, low 50s, I would say. And she is the sweetest lady I've ever met, honestly. She's so nice. She helps me even though she's got other things she could be doing. But the one thing she has is a mouth on her. She just loves to cuss. You get her upset about something, be prepared for 50 cuss words in like 30 seconds. I'm not kidding. Like, she cusses a lot. And it's not bad, but what I've taught myself to do, even though I used to cuss, and kind of being around people who maybe cuss can have an effect on me, I just learned to deal with the people at high V and learn to use that situation to maybe just show love to those people. Or maybe not to smack them with the Bible, but maybe to eventually just share Jesus with them or show love to them that they wonder why is this guy so nice or why is he being like that. And that's not to praise me, but that's just an example of how maybe you guys can show love to people. You know, don't use your situation to just show love. You know, I think this is cool. I think Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't just hang out with perfect people. He, 
if that were the case, if Jesus were to just hang out with perfect people, then Jesus would have no friends. And if you really think about that, Jesus was a perfect guy, right? He basically showed us the blueprint on how to, like, do life, how to love people, how to walk in, as in this life and on earth. And if you think about it, if Jesus didn't hang, if only Jesus were to hang out with perfect people, then he would have no friends. Because no one else was perfect. No one else didn't, no one fell into temptation, or everyone fell into temptation, but Jesus didn't. Jesus was the only perfect human that walked on this earth. You know, and if Jesus were, was hanging out with sinners, and people maybe didn't deserve to be hung out with from, you know, Jesus himself, but I think if Jesus hung out with those people, then why shouldn't we? You know, why shouldn't we hang out with people who aren't Christians? Why shouldn't we hang out with people who, you know, maybe tempt us with things? Or why shouldn't we hang out with people who sin or cuss or whatever? I think that's important. I think if Jesus did it, then we should do it because he showed us how to live. He showed us how to love. And so I think that's important. God doesn't want us to ignore them. If we were to ignore them, they would never find out about Jesus. And I think that's where, that's where it's really powerful because if we just choose to be a Christian in our Christian bubble and go to church on Sunday, go to underground on Wednesday, and only hang out with Christian friends, like you go to school and you only hang out with your Christian friends and you have to go to school and just to hang out with those people, then you won't have any friends in your life to tell Jesus about or to bring to church maybe or to tell them about Jesus. And God doesn't want us to ignore those people. There's one, there's one pastor that I follow, and his name is Carl Lentz. He's the pastor of Hillsong. Um, he's the pastor of Hillsong, New York City, and he's, uh, he's honestly not like any other pastor that I've seen. He like dresses like he's a hipster or whatever. I mean, he's just crazy. He does weird stuff. But the one thing I like about him is he doesn't hang out with Christians all the time. He hangs out with, he's really famous, you know, like he's famous, in, he's famous for hanging out with Justin Bieber a lot. I don't know if you know who that guy is, he's a loser, I think, but I don't know. But he hangs out with Justin Bieber, I'm just kidding. He hangs out with Justin Bieber a lot, he hangs out with a lot of basketball players, but he hangs out with all these non-believers, if you would say. But I think that's a good thing, because, and some people look down on that, that he hangs out with those people, but I think it's good that he hangs out with those people, because the fact that he's hanging out with non-believers gives him the opportunity then to just show love to them. Maybe then eventually tell him about his church, tell him about, you know, what he's doing through his church, tell him about Jesus. It gives him the opportunity, but if he were to only hang out with his Christian friends, maybe his family, then he wouldn't have that opportunity. And so I think we need to hang out with people who are not Christians. And so a couple weeks ago, me and Michael went to a comedy club, and he told this story on Sunday. I think if you so if you were here, you probably heard it, and you can follow some of this part if you want to. But um, we went to the comedy club, uh, and there's this guy named Taylor Williamson that was there. How many of you watch Mary's Got Talent? Like a couple of years ago. So he was on like five years ago. I don't know if you were watching five years ago, but he was on the show five years ago, and he came uh, in second place to a Japanese guy, which is ironic because it's America's Got Talent. He's American. He lost. And Japanese guy won. I don't know. But so we watched him, and uh, we went through his whole show, and it was good. It was really funny. One of his uh, comedy bits, though, is to engage with the crowd and um, comedians. It's like, you know, talk to the person, you let them do their thing. Well, he would engage with the crowd, and so halfway, like at the end of his uh, thing, he asked Michael, he's asking people, like, what do they do for an occupation? So he asked Michael, he's like, what do you do? And Michael didn't want to tell him, but yeah, he, he told him, he's like, I'm a pastor. And everyone started laughing because, um, I mean, we're at a comedy club, the dude kind of is not the most PG person in the world. And so, but he said that, nothing really happened of it, but then after the show, he was doing a meet and greet, and we, uh, we went to see him afterwards, and we were like one of the last ones to go talk to him. And so we were walking up to him, and Taylor, he come, he looked, points at Michael, and he's like, are you really a pastor? Or did you just say that? And Michael goes, no, I'm really, I'm really a pastor. 
And so, but that, I think, is cool because then it opened up the opportunity for us to, to talk to him. And so then he was asking us questions about our church, about underground. And Michael was able to share with him about underground, about what we're doing here and about what we're doing at Riverside, and just about how Michael became into this position. And I think if we didn't go to that comedy club, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to share with him. If we were so keen on just hanging out with Christian people, like, the comedy club's not the best place to hang out. I mean, it's right next to the strip club. I mean, it's just not the best place to maybe be if you're a Christian. But I think it was a good thing that we went because we were able then to share the story of Jesus or just what we're doing with Taylor. And he had, he had questions. But I think the coolest thing that Taylor said to us was, he's like, you guys aren't like normal Christians that I've met. And I, then that will stick with me for a while because, I mean, not to praise me and Michael, but I think that's cool, the fact that we're Christians that he's never met. Like, I don't want to be this uptight Christian who people look at it as, oh, he's Christian, he only cares about his Christian friends, he doesn't, we can't go to church because they're not welcoming, they're not accepting of us. I want to be the guy that's accepting of people who come to church. I want to have people come to underground. I want to have people come to Riverside and feel welcomed and like we are accepting of them. But I love that story because it's just an example of how we can show love to people. And Michael has been able to text with him back and forth and just talk with him. And so it can be I like to say, it can be hard to live in a world where there's a lot of toxic people. I mean, in this world, day and age, like, all we hear about on the news is anybody who watches news, and I don't watch news, but if you watch the news, it's probably all negative stuff. Twitter is full of negative stuff. Facebook. People are just always negative. And I think living in a world where there's a lot of negative things and where there's a lot of toxic people, it can be hard to show love to people. And it can be hard to set the example of what to do and what, how to show love. But the one thing that I like about you guys, especially, is um, last week at Underground, we had we had our little hallelujah party up in the balcony, and it turned out really well. But leading up to it, me and I personally, I don't know if Michael is, but I personally was thinking, I was like, we're not going to get a lot of people to this. I mean, we promoted it going outside in the freezing cold weather, and I was like, we're going to have, like, nobody come. But the awesome thing is it turned out to be a lot of you guys showed up. I don't know if any of you were there, but a lot of you showed up. But then I think the best part is we had 13 new people last week. 13 new people, yeah. 13 new people last week on a night that we didn't think anybody was going to show up. On a night that we just thought was going to be a small little kind of personal level thing. It was going to be fun. There wasn't going to be a lot of people. But it turned out we filled up that whole section over there just full of people. I mean, it was a great and amazing night. But that's because of you guys. I mean, you guys are inviting people to church. You guys are bringing your friends to underground. I think that's so important. And I like to think, and this is just maybe a challenge. I know churches say this all the time, but I want to challenge you guys. If we all here, I don't know how many are here right now, maybe like 50 of us, I don't know. But if we all were to bring one person next week, just one person, whoever it is, maybe your friend, coworker, somebody at school or work, but we just bring one person to church. Just be like, hey, come to church. It's going to be amazing. I don't know. Do whatever you want to say. But get to get them to church. But if we all bring one person, what we see here will be double next week. And if you think about it, then maybe that person really liked being here. Then you think about it, if they invite somebody, then we're going to have to triple the week after. And I know that's a big goal to have in mind, but it only takes one ask, one invite to invite somebody. We had 13 people last week, and I think that's amazing. But um, one story I'd like to say, I think what I like to do, we went to a conference um, a couple where it was like a little leadership thrive conference, by the way, Thrive, Thrive Again. It was awesome last year. If you're not signed up, you should be signed up because it's going to be amazing. There's two spots left, so hurry up, sign up quick because it's going to go fast. But we went to a little leadership conference uh, 
last week, or no, not last week, a couple weeks ago, and uh, one of the things that was on my part at that time is me and Michael have been talking before Underground and started, I was like, how can we get people to come to Underground? How can we get people to show up? And so our idea was, like, let's just go to schools and let's, you know, let's go to PCIs or let's go to Richwoods or, you know, let's just make our, like, let's just promote Underground, right? And so that was our idea. But we went to this conference and one, they were doing, like, a Q&A session and one lady raised her hand she asked a question of, how do you get people to come to your youth group or your youth events? And as soon as this lady asked this question, and I sat up and I was like listening, I was like, I want to know what these people are going to say because I want to do what it's going to take to get people to underground. And what they had said was a youth pastor that said it was nothing that I expected or what Michael expected him to say. But he, he said something along the lines of this. He said, you can, what we first expected was they were going to do what we thought. Let's go to schools. You know, let's show our faces in schools. Let's promote our youth group and whatnot. But he said that wasn't the case for us. So what we decided to do, and this is what they did, they said they were equipping their students to be able to raise up leaders in their underground so that they can go to their schools and that they can invite people to church. And that's what some of you guys maybe did last week. And I think that is so important that we, as or Michael, as and Rachel, as a pastor of this team, and Nat and Malachi, we are able to like raise you guys up as leaders because we don't want you to just come to underground. We want you to feel like you're involved. We want you to feel like you're welcome here. We want you to feel like your friends are welcome here. Siblings, cousins, grand, your uncles, whoever you want to bring, we want to feel like they're welcome too. We don't want to make this just a closed Christian group where we feel like no one's welcome. We want to make this a group where we feel like everyone's welcome. And so, just my final thoughts I have one more verse that I want to leave you with, and it's Proverbs 19 11. And it says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and in his glory to overlook your effects. And this is, I just kind of want to encourage you guys with this. And I think this is a good verse, and it just talks about not being angry. So I just want to encourage you guys to tonight just to maybe think about um, your life and maybe think about somebody that maybe has offended you or maybe think about somebody you're angry at or somebody that you're upset with, maybe somebody that's even upset with you. So you can think about those people in your life and just think, why are why am I holding a grudge towards this person? Why is there why is there so much negativity built up towards this person? Why do I, I mean, what did they do to me that made me feel like this? Maybe it was something terrible, maybe it was something bad. But what I want to encourage you with tonight is just to let that go, to give it to God, and maybe surprise this person with something tomorrow or even tonight. Text them, call them, see if that's going wrong, and just go up to them and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Even if you didn't do anything, hey, I'm sorry for what I said, or I'm sorry for whatever I did to make you think that. And just say you're sorry. And I bet you I will 100% you can, you can tell me if it didn't work, but I 100% guarantee that this person will be shocked by your answer or by your apology. And maybe you did do something, but they'll still be shocked
So let's just pray with me. Dear God, I just want to thank you for this time, God. I just want to thank you for everything that you are doing in Underground and everything you're doing at Riverside. And I just pray, God, that you would be able to equip these guys to just go out to their schools and to their jobs and just to be able to show love to Peoria, God. And not even just Peoria, but wherever they go, whether it's Washington, Pekin, Dunlap, wherever it is, God, wherever they live, that they just show love to people as they walk through life, God. And I know it's hard, and I know we have all these people around us that are negative and that just want to bring us down and tempt us with sin and Satan trying to get at us. But God, you are stronger than Satan and you are more powerful than Satan is, God. So I just pray that you would just protect these guys from Satan. Protect them from temptation. Protect them from evil, God. Protect me from evil. But God, I also pray that you would just empower them to show love to people. And I can't emphasize that enough. God, just help us to show love to people, love to Peoria, and just be with us, God, as we go this week and come back next week. Thank you for listening. To keep up to date with underground students, follow us on our socials at undergroundpia.